You are listening to The Pregnancy Podcast with Vanessa Merton. Hello, and thank you for tuning into The Pregnancy Podcast. Last week, we talked about electronic fetal monitoring and how it can have a major impact on your birth. If you missed it, you can go back and check out episode 35 to learn more about how your baby's heartbeat is monitored during labor and birth and find out what your options are. This week, we are talking about labor positions. There are an infinite number of positions that you can try during labor, and there is no one-size-fits-all. Chances are you will be changing positions quite often as your labor progresses from the first stage of labor, where you are dilating and effacing, into the second or pushing stage. No matter what your birth plan is, you have options. Labor is likely going to start at home and you can utilize many different positions to keep labor progressing and to be as comfortable as possible before you even get to the hospital or birth center. If you are trying something that is not working for you, change it up. You are never stuck and trying out different positions is going to help you find out what works best for you. For most of our entire human history, a mother in labor was free to move around and change positions to whatever was the most comfortable and suited her best at that time. It really wasn't until we made birth a highly medicalized process that women really began laboring on their backs in a bed. There was even a time when the mom was strapped and restrained to a hospital bed to make sure that she stayed put while she was giving birth. Can you even believe that? That is absolutely crazy. Part of the changing of our practice, especially in the United States, was a shift of focusing on the birthing mother to the doctor delivering the baby. A mom on her back in a bed made the doctor's job much easier because they had access to see everything going on. Convenience for the doctor does not necessarily equate to the best position for mom. Some of the negatives of lying on your back with your legs raised on a bed, first that it works against gravity, your major blood vessels are going to be compressed, and there's a higher probability of a vaginal tear or an episiotomy. There is a good time to lie down during labor, and that is really early on. If you were just starting to have some mild contractions and you think that you might be going into labor, try to get some rest, especially if it's nighttime. This probably sounds counterintuitive, but you are going to want to be well rested and so will your partner because labor is a marathon. If resting isn't working for you, you can go on a walk or move around a bit. It's all going to be about trying different positions and finding what works best and what is the most comfortable for you. When you're in labor, you are not going to be thinking 100% clearly. You can study this stuff all day long and you may still not recall all of the positions that we're going to talk about today. This is an area where your partner can really come in handy. Go over some of these positions with your partner so that when you are preoccupied with giving birth to your little one, your partner can step up and help suggest some other positions. And if there are any positions that they are supporting you in, they're going to know exactly what to do. If you are having a doula attend your birth, they're also going to be an excellent resource of ideas of some different positions to try. I'm going to describe these positions as best as I can via audio, and I think that it'll work and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. When you go into labor, you are going to be having contractions that are going to get longer, stronger, and closer together. Changing positions is aimed to get you as comfortable as possible during those contractions, but don't forget that you have breaks in between them. 
Enjoy the breaks in between your contractions. And if you're going through a challenging contraction, remember that it is not going to last forever and you will get a break soon. A really quick note, I use the term contraction throughout this episode. If you prefer, you could also call them surges or waves. Our vocabulary is so powerful, so please feel free to use whatever term is the most positive and resonates best with you. I personally don't have any negative connotation with the word contraction, but if you do, please use something else when you are thinking about it or talking about it. One word that you're not going to hear me mention in this episode or in any episode in relation to labor and birth is the word pain. I really don't feel that contractions need to be synonymous with pain or that thinking about any part of labor or birth as painful is productive or positive. So much about your labor and your birth experience is the lens through which you view it. So rather than focusing on the word pain, I focus on intensity or talking about your comfort level. The biggest focus here should be on the end result, which is that you are amazing and you're going to get through labor. And at the end of this experience, you get to meet your baby. I challenge you to really think about the vocabulary that you are using and what you are telling yourself about the kind of labor and birth experience that you want. Okay, that was a little bit of a rant, but back to talking about labor positions. Standing and walking can be especially helpful in the early stages of labor. Standing and walking uses gravity, so it's going to encourage your baby to descend further into your pelvis, which is a good thing, and it's going to help deliver more oxygen to your little one. It might speed up labor a little bit, and it can make contractions more comfortable for you than if you were sitting or lying down. A walk is also a great distraction to kill some time in the earliest stages of labor. Walking may not be recommended if you have high blood pressure. So if you have any question about that, please bring it up with your care provider. Especially during the first stage of labor, when you are dilating and effacing, you really want to work with gravity and not against it. In a review of women during the first stage of labor, overall, it was concluded that there is clear and important evidence that walking and upright positions in the first stage of labor reduces the duration of labor, reduces the risk of cesarean birth, reduces the need for epidural, and it didn't seem to be associated with any increased intervention or negative effects on mom or baby's well-being. The study did find that better quality trials are still required to confirm with any confidence the true risks and benefits of being upright and being in a mobile position compared to lying down. But based on what we do know, it is definitely worth trying an upright position if it works for you. And if it's an option, given any other possible interventions that you may be opting into like an epidural. I will, of course, put a link to this study in the show notes if you want to read more about it. You may also find that rhythmic moving like swaying or rocking can be helpful. You can lean on your partner, lean against a wall, or hold on to anything if that helps during a contraction. If swaying is helpful, you can also wrap your arms around your partner's neck like you are slow dancing. If rocking helps, you can stand and hold on to a countertop or sit on the edge of a bed or chair or use a wall to help support you. Rocking or swaying, even if you're sitting on a chair and not standing up, still allows your pelvis to move, and that's going to encourage your baby to move further down, which is exactly what you want during labor. Let gravity help you out, and if you're able to stand and rock or sway, do that. If you are limited in your mobility, even sitting in a rocking chair, if one is available, can be helpful. 
Lunging is also a good way to help your baby descend. For a lunging position, you can put one foot on a chair or something lower if that's more comfortable for you, like maybe a step or a stool. And then you're going to gently lean your weight towards your raised foot and probably that's going to be most helpful right during a contraction. You can still be upright even if you're not standing. Sitting on a bed or a chair is also an option for you to remain upright. It may be helpful to use some pillows to support your back if you are reclining, or you can try leaning forward and that can help take some pressure off your back. Another option is to sit with your partner behind you so that they can help support you. Sitting is a good position for resting since, of course, you aren't standing up, but you are still upright, so gravity is going to be working in your favor. This is also a position that you can use if you have an epidural or if you are hooked up to a fetal monitor. Sitting in bed or in your partner's arms can make contractions more comfortable, and it's going to allow gravity to assist in bringing your baby down the birth canal. If you have high blood pressure, this might not be the best position. So in that case, you're definitely going to want to talk to your doctor or midwife. Another take on a sitting position is to sit backwards on a chair that doesn't have any arms or hear me out on this, a toilet. If you're sitting on a chair, you can put a pillow in between your belly and the back of the chair so you can lean into it a little more comfortably. And then you can also try resting your head or your arms on the top of the back of the chair. If your back's not feeling too great, leaning forward might help take some pressure off of it. A big pro of this position is that it's perfect for your partner to give you a massage. And this is also something that you could do in the shower. If you have a plastic chair that would fit in your shower, then you can sit in that backwards and just let the warm water fall on your back, which you might find soothing. All of these positions are just suggestions. You're going to know what's best and what is working and what is not working. So don't hesitate to try out some different positions or variations of these positions to find out what's most comfortable for you. I did mention sitting on the toilet, which I know probably doesn't sound too appealing, but hear me out on this. Just like sitting backwards in a chair, it's going to keep your legs in a more open position and it might help relax your perineum. All I'm saying is don't knock it until you try it and you might find it very helpful. Getting in a position on your hands and knees is another great way to help ease back labor because it's going to take pressure off your spine. Back labor can be pretty uncomfortable as your baby puts pressure on your lower back just above your tailbone. Getting on all fours may not sound so glamorous, but it is a very popular position. You can do this on the floor if you are at home or even on a bed at a hospital or birth center. It can be helpful to put some pillows below the top half of your body to help support you. Or if you're in a hospital bed, you can try raising the top of the bed so that you can lean with your forearms on the bed if your wrists are getting sore. This position is going to help open up your pelvis and it's going to use gravity to help your baby move further down. This is another position that can be used if you are hooked up to a fetal monitor. It is great for massage and being on your hands and knees is also fantastic for your partner to apply counter pressure to your lower back. Kneeling is also going to help open your pelvis. So to do this, you're of course going to be on your knees and you can use a chair, a birthing ball, a pile of pillows, or just raise the head of the hospital bed for support. 
Your partner is going to be able to massage your back in that position if that helps, and you can get some rest from standing. And this position is still using gravity to help your baby descend. An excellent tool to have in your toolbox during labor is a birthing ball. This is just one of those big rubber exercise balls, and many hospitals and birth centers will have them available. Try sitting on it, and it's going to support your weight while allowing you to move your hips around. This is something that you may still be able to do if you are being continuously monitored, and it doesn't require too much movement. You could also try kneeling and leaning over a birthing ball, and if you feel a little bit unstable at any point, just have your partner or someone spot you so they can help support you if you need it. If you need a break and you want to try more of a resting position, you could try lying on your side. This position is good if you have high blood pressure, if you have an epidural, or if you're being continuously monitored. This resting position is also going to help get more oxygen to your little one if you are lying on your left side because that's going to maximize blood flow to your uterus and your baby. Lying on your side also really lets you relax in between contractions. I talked about that in the beginning of this episode. You really want to enjoy the breaks in between contractions. Another option for this position is to draw your knees into your chest a little bit as much as you can with a big belly. Lying on your side is preferable to lying on your back because it doesn't compress any of the major blood vessels. Lastly, a side lying position can also slow down a birth that is moving too quickly. Many of the positions that we have talked about thus far will surely help you during labor, but there are a few that are going to be especially helpful during the second stage of labor or the pushing stage. The second stage of labor begins once you are 10 centimeters. Any position in which you are upright, just not lying down, is going to keep gravity on your side and working in your favor. And this is a big one during the pushing stage. Squatting in particular is awesome for the second stage of labor. Let me explain why. When you squat, the opening of your pelvis increases, which of course is going to give your little one some more room. Squatting encourages your baby to descend downwards and is probably better than any other position for this. In this position, you are still able to shift your weight around and maintain some movement while squatting down. It's really great for circulation of blood to your baby. And overall, squatting makes it easier for your little one to make their way out. One downside to this position is that it can be tiring. There are a lot of different tools and techniques that you can use to make squatting easier during labor. First, start doing squats. I'm not talking about when you go into labor. I'm talking about doing squats today while you are pregnant. If you work on squatting during your pregnancy, two things are going to happen. One, your butt is going to look amazing. And two, when you're in labor, you're going to be stronger and better able to squat down for longer periods of time without being exhausted. This theoretically should speed up your labor and who doesn't want that? Aside of regularly practicing squats, if you are squatting during labor and you are getting a little bit tired, you can squat with your back against a wall or hold onto a chair. If you're having some trouble squatting down and staying in that position, you can also try holding hands with your partner and they can help support you while you are squatting down. There's also a thing called a squatting bar. Some hospitals and birth centers will have these attached to the foot of the bed and 
the bar is just a U-shape that arches over the foot of the bed. You can rest in between contractions, and then when you feel a contraction coming on, you're going to grab the top part of the bar and then pull yourself up to a squatting position. You can also try standing in a supported squat. In this position, you are going to be standing up, but your partner is supporting some of your weight. The simplest way to do this is for your partner to stand behind you and put their arms around your chest so that they can support some of your weight while you are half standing, half squatting. An advantage of this position is that it realigns your pelvis and it's going to increase the opening. It also lengthens your trunk and helps your baby line up with the angle of your pelvis. The movement is also going to assist your baby to move further down the birth canal. This gives you a little bit of a break because some of your weight is supported by your partner. A downside is if you're using your partner for support, it can be tiring for them. And even though you're doing a supported squat, it still could be tiring for you because ultimately you are still squatting. I mentioned a squatting bar a minute ago, and if you have one available and it isn't really working for you to just pull yourself up in a squatting position, there is an alternative way to use this that involves a bed sheet. You're going to rest your feet on the vertical supports of the bar, and you're going to take a sheet or even a towel and loop it over the top of the bar. Then during a contraction, you can pull back on the sheet as you push forward with your feet. This alternative can be helpful if you have an epidural and your legs are too numb to safely support you in a squatting position. Another way that you can use a bed sheet during labor is to tie a knot in one end of it and then hang it over the top of the door. For example, if you are still at home, you can tie a big knot in one end and hang it over your bathroom door and then you're going to shut the door so that you are outside of the bathroom and the side of the sheet with the knot is on the inside of the bathroom. And this should be secure so that you can hold onto it. So as you hold onto the sheet, you're going to squat so that some of your weight is supported and you're going to use it as leverage to pull down while you squat. You don't want the knot too close to the end of the sheet so that it's going to stay put when you hang it over the door and shut the door. As with any of these positions, if you have any concerns about safety or stability, you can always just avoid it if you're not comfortable doing it. Another tool that you might have available if you are giving birth at a hospital or birth center is a birthing stool. This is a U-shaped seat that's really close to the ground. Basically, it helps support you while you are in a squatting position. With a birthing stool, you could also have your partner behind you so that you can lean back and rest on them in between contractions. I mentioned earlier sitting backwards on a toilet, and this is a similar idea. In one review that compared women who labored in the second stage of labor, so from being fully dilated to your baby being born, the conclusion of their study was that women should be allowed to make choices about the birth positions in which they wish to assume for the birth of their babies. Overall, the findings suggested several benefits to being in an upright position for women who did not have an epidural. Specific to the benefits, the researchers found that for women who labored during the second stage in an upright position, there was a 27% decrease in assisted deliveries, a 7% decrease in episiotomies, and fewer abnormal fetal heart rate patterns. Of course, I will link to this review in the show notes if you want to read more on it. Just remember, like everything pregnancy and birth related, you have options, so use your right to exercise those options. 
In last week's episode, we talked a lot about how electronic fetal monitoring can impact your ability to move around and what your options are for that. If you missed that episode, I really recommend that you go back and listen to episode 35. Another thing that could have an effect on your mobility is being hooked up to an IV. At many hospitals, it's routine to start intravenous fluids when you are admitted. I went into IV fluids in the intervention episode I did, which was episode eight. I will link to that in the show notes, and that's at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash episode eight. If you are low risk and everything is going well and your care provider doesn't expect any complications... You can ask your care provider or talk to them about holding off on an IV to try and maximize your mobility for as long as possible. But if you are limited in your mobility because you're hooked up to an IV, you still have a lot of options on positions. That does not mean that you are just paralyzed on your back in a bed. Even hooked up to an IV pole or hooked up to a fetal monitor, you're still going to have some room to move, to sit up, to squat, or to stand. In some situations, your ability to move around is going to be even more limited. An example of this would be if you have preeclampsia or if your legs are too numb from an epidural. It is possible to have what's referred to as a light or walking epidural, and you might be able to move around and labor in any position that you like. I cover this briefly in the induction episode, which was episode eight, but there is going to be a full episode on epidurals coming up in the next few weeks. If you are unable to stand, you might have some assistance from your partner, a doula, a nurse, or your care provider to still get in a squat-like position, and they can help hold your legs in a squat while you push. So For example, if you're lying on your side, they might be able to support your legs so that they are simulating a squatting position while you're lying down. Ultimately, what is the absolute best position for labor? This is entirely up to you. And the answer is the one that is the most comfortable for you at that particular moment. I really urge you to trust your body. If you're uncomfortable, change positions. If your body is telling you to stand up and move around or to lay down and rest, do that. Go over these different positions and talk about it with your partner and try them so that when your big birthday comes, it's going to be easier to recall this stuff. Obviously, you're not going to try pushing before you're actually in the second stage of labor. But if you aren't sure how the logistics of something like a supported squat is going to work with your partner, try it out so both of you know what it looks like. And then you're not going to be fumbling around when you're actually in labor and need to do this stuff. There was a study done in Italy that I will link to in the show notes, of course, and this study concluded that women should be encouraged to move and deliver in the most comfortable position for them. This study compared women giving birth in an upright position to women who labored and gave birth lying down. Women who used upright positions more than 50% of the time had more effective uterine contractions and more perennial muscle relaxation their births were significantly shorter. In addition, they had lower rates of requests for epidurals or other medications. They had less assisted deliveries and less cesarean sections. You can see that there is definitely scientific evidence showing a benefit to being in an upright position. But overall, the big takeaways from the studies show that you should have the freedom to move as you see fit. 
If you have any limitations due to interventions during your labor and birth, work with your care provider to find the best positions for those circumstances. And if you're uncomfortable and you want to try a different position, definitely speak up. Addressing anything about specific positions that you want to try or maybe you want to avoid some is a topic that you could include in your birth plan if it's important to you. If you want to create a birth plan and you're a little stuck on where to start, I'd be happy to give you a copy of mine just so you can see an example of how it could be structured. I'm sure your preferences aren't going to be identical to mine, but you could see how one could be worded and how you could include language about labor and birth positions. If you want to see a copy of my birth plan, you can go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash birth plan and get a copy. To recap everything we talked about today, we went into a ton of possibilities for labor positions and talked about your options. We went into some interventions that could inhibit your options and got into some of the research available on what types of positions are best. Try out some of these positions and go over it with your partner and you're going to have a ton of tools in your toolbox when your big birthday comes and you're going to be better able to keep your labor progressing and be as comfortable as possible. I want to thank you for tuning into the pregnancy podcast today. I hope that you find this episode helpful. Next week, we are talking about hospital birth. In the United States, the vast majority of moms are having their babies in a hospital setting. So we're going to talk about that, what you can expect, and how to make the most of your time in a hospital both during and after your labor. As always, you can contact me, Vanessa, at PregnancyPodcast.com. You can find notes and resources for this episode at PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash episode 36. And be sure to check out the 40 Weeks podcast to find out how big your baby is this week, how they are developing, what the heck is going on with your pregnant body, plus get a tip for dad. All of this in under five minutes. You can find 40 Weeks everywhere you listen to the Pregnancy Podcast or go to PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash week.